0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Oh, hallelujah. How many are ready for an appointment with Dr. Jesus tonight to learn some things about healing and health? Amen, amen, amen. Well, tonight the title of the message is God's Medicine for Your Physical Healing and Health. God's Medicine for Your Physical Healing and Health. And, uh... I know out of living for Jesus 40 years, preaching most of that time, my, pri- my primary strength in ministry has been divine healing, divine health, and Christians being able to receive that, and then the ones that don't know how to receive it to learn how to receive it. And so anyway, I'm going to show you some books out of the bookstore that will really help you uh, with the message tonight. And I really recommend you get these books for your personal library. This was called God's Medicine by Brother Hagen, and a lot of what I'm teaching, I come out of things I learned out of this book and lessons like this called God's Medicine, and we have it in Spanish, if you know people that uh, read Spanish better and said so they do English, you need to learn it because that'll help them in that. And then here's, here's a bigger version that got more in it called God's, God's Word, and the R there has got an X by there like a prescription. God's Word's God's Medicine, and this was, says, says an ever-failing remedy. But the things we're going to teach tonight, you need to learn, you need to, need to know, you need to get them in you. As a pastor, it surprises me how many young people are sick and have things going on in their lives that you never hear about. It's some people that look totally good all the time. You see them, then they come through the prayer line, and then they want you to pray for them in the prayer line. They've got really serious things going on, and God wants you well. God wants you well. And you know, one of the first things Christians have to know is it the absolute will of God to heal you every time. Every time. No doubts about it. He wants you healed. But I want you to start off with looking at First Corinthians chapter 11 with me. And I, I, re- I really hope you take notes. You know, I, I can't uh, stress that strong enough. I really recommend that every time you come into service, you have a pen or a pencil or, a, you know, something to write on. And I don't know, you guys are probably smarter than i am or faster i could i could never take notes on some kind of a thing you'd have to you know things everybody carries these days like that but if you're a good listener can do stuff with more than one finger and you do more of those things that's okay but just uh main thing is as as i'm teaching i say things sometimes i don't know i'm going to say by the holy ghost they come out and then people ask me later on what was that you said pastor how'd you say that and i say i haven't a clue." That wasn't my head that came out of my spirit. But it came out of my spirit. It bypassed my head. just came out of my mouth. That's what it was. So, of course, we always have things. You know, we put them on the Internet, too, on the, uh, what we call that, the web. We put them on there. But sometimes they don't get on there. So you really need to take notes because this is such a serious, real thing. And some of you really need this, that take the notes, look at them later. And if it goes on the podcast, then, then go ahead. But 1 Corinthians chapter 11 now, I'm going to look at verse 29 and verse 30. And this gives you some great insight for you personally as a Christian. Verse 29, talking about communion, says, He either drinketh unworthily, eateth either dranketh damnation or judgment to himself. Now, look at this. Here's a key phrase. Not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, said many Christians in church are sick, they're weak, they're asleep. Uh, They sleep, that that means die, premature death. They die before the times. They're not supposed to die yet. Die before the times, not discerning the, the Lord's body. And so I want to tell you what that means. Now listen to me real closely. Here's what that means. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you. There's one reason unsaved people, non-church people, get sick and they die before their time. There's another reason why Christians do. For one thing, people that aren't born again yet, they're not walking in any covenant. They're just out there subject to the devil and disease, whatever comes their way. And they don't know about Jesus or healing. But once you become born again, how many know you cross a line, the bloodline, from the family of Satan to the family of God. So you're in a different family. You've got a covenant. They don't. They can have it. But that's why we preach the gospel to every creature. That's why we witness to share our testimony. We want them <clears throat> to come out of darkness to light. But we're in the light. So we need to walk in the light. But he said, not discerning the Lord's body. Well, the word discern means to see. Now we're going to look at some verses tonight. But the Lord's body hung on the cross, but before he got to the cross, something that a lot of Christians skip over, they don't see, he was stopped at the Roman scourge, at the whipping post. He took 39 stripes on his back, and the Bible teaches this, the Lord's body was bruised, it was beaten for our healing. And so Christians, because they haven't been taught, or for some reason hasn't rested yet, they don't discern the Lord's body. They don't see that Jesus took his sins for us, but he took our sickness, too, in his body when he took those stripes. And we're going to look at verses that says, by his wounds, we were healed. By his stripes, we were healed. And because Christians don't see that, then they depend on somebody else's faith to get him healed when they need healing. And so I'm going to say something here. And, uh, you know, it might hurt your feelings. But your feelings need to be hurt so you can start growing up. Uh, you know, you need to get out of the pipe, get out of the pampers spiritually, start putting on some, as I hear one of the commentators on TV says, put on your big boy pants. You need to start growing up, and so it, it's really easy when you're a new Christian or when you're a non-Christian, come into a church service because you don't know anything, it's real easy for the preacher to get you healed. It's real easy for the pastor to Or a Christian that knows some things to be able to pray for you and get you healed. But there comes a point in time when you sit in a church like this, especially, that God wants you to get a hold of it and use your own faith to receive healing from Him. In other words, He wants you to get potty trained. He wants you to quit messing your pants and just cry until somebody else changes your diaper. Amen? I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. He wants you to be able to yourself come to the Father in the name of Jesus, use your faith, pray for healing, and receive healing. And so I just want to say it again as a pastor. <coughs> excuse me. Frog, get out of here in Jesus' name. when don't have any frogs. <clears throat> he wants you to be able to start dependent on your faith. And how does faith come? Hearing what? The Word of God. So we're going to hear some Word of God tonight in the area of healing and you receive it healing yourself. But I want to say it one more time. One of the easiest things in the world to do when you're a believer or you're a pastor up here praying for people, one of the easiest things to do is when somebody comes in and knows nothing about healing to pray for them, man, right now. They just get it right now. Healing comes right into them right now because they're totally ignorant and they know nothing and God wants to show Himself he wants to introduce himself to him, And so healing is one way he does that. But then as you sit under the Word for a while, have you ever noticed in other areas of life that after you're saved for a while, you're a Christian for a while, all of a sudden some things don't work as easy as they did, it takes more effort? It takes faith. It takes faith. That healing is the same way. It takes faith to be able to receive healing from God. So tonight, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to teach you again what belongs to you and how to receive it. What belongs to you? He said, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sickly. He didn't say all. He said, but many among you. And so there's different reasons Christians get sick. I mean, getting out of the love walk, treating people wrong opens the door to Satan. There's things that can happen. Uh, You know, living in sin. You know, you cross the line and go back to living like a sinner again. You open yourself up for attacks from the devil. If you're a person that does different things that God's deal about the word of God and you refuse to walk in him, you're opening yourself up to the devil. Ephesians 4.27 says, Neither give place to the devil. And so you want to keep doors closed, but he says, many though, because they don't see what belongs to them. So that's what we want to look at today along that line of what belongs to you there of healing. Go to Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 20 to 23. Proverbs 4 Verse twenty to twenty three. And this is for Christians especially that have been sitting under a word for a while, under the word for a while, and you're fighting health issues, you're dealing with healing things, and you're running everywhere trying to get healing, <clears throat> and you know it belongs to you, but you just don't know how to get it. Really take notes and listen closely. Proverbs four verse 20-23, we're going to look at verse 20-23. says, My son, or my daughter, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. <clears throat> Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of, my, of thine heart, for my words, for they are life unto those that find them, add health to all their flesh. And health To all their flesh. The center column says the Hebrew word for this is medicine for all their flesh. He said, my words, my words that get in your heart, get in your thinking, get in your mouth, my words that get in your heart, get in your consciousness, they're healing and medicine to all your flesh. And your flesh there Is not talking about your skin, although it could include your skin. Your flesh, there's talking about your physical body. That means your organs that are inside your flesh body. That means your brain. That means your blood system. That means your bones. That means your muscles. That means your eyeballs. That means your toenails. Anything has to do with physical body and physical health. God said his word, when you get a hold of it, is medicine to all your physical body. I want this to sink in. Because we saw in First Corinthians 11, he said, because people don't discern or see the Lord's body, that God put our sickness on his body for us. He said, for this reason, many among you are weak and they're sickly. And they die before their time. And so, as a pastor, my greatest desire is to see Christians get a hold of the Word of God with their own faith and start receiving healing from God. And my greatest desire along with that is to see Christians that just stay well. That just stay healthy. And then if something gets on them, they get it off real quick before it gets a hold of them. Amen. And so I want to to look at uh, some of this. in. in Well, verse 23 says... Keep thy heart with all diligence. Proud of it are the issues, or the forces, or another translation says, the wellsprings of life. Your heart, your spirit. Keep thy heart with all diligence. And so that's what that's saying. uh, another, well, I think the Amplified Bible says, above above all else, guard your spirit. Proud of it are the forces of life. How many know that in your spirit is where the Holy Spirit lives? He's in your spirit. And your spirit lives inside your earth suit. And so when we obey Mark 16, and he says, These signs shall follow them believe, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. The reason anointing comes through our hands to heal the sick is because our spirit lives in here. And the Holy Spirit said our spirit in us. So when we lay hands on somebody, the Holy Spirit's anointing is coming through our hands, but it's coming out of our spirit. Because God's a spirit. Now with His Spirit in us, is this making sense to you? This is not deep. This is, this, this is how it works. The Holy Spirit in us imparts His anointing in our spirit. And then when we lay hands on people, that anointing from our spirit comes through our hands and heals people. It's Him, but it's us together. But did you ever notice the Bible talks about different spirits? You know, Jesus cast out unclean spirits says people had a spirit of infirmity, a demon spirit that made them sick. talks about a lion spirit and different things like that. Did you notice that God's spirit is called the what? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. That means the clean spirit. The spirit that lives upright. That means holy, holy. God said, be ye holy as I am holy. Holy means to be without sin. God's without sin. And so the Holy Spirit in us gives us the help are the ability to say no to sin, to say yes to right and no to wrong. He said, above all else, guard your spirit, because out of your spirit comes the anointing. Can you see what I'm saying there? That's what he says, to guard your spirit. And so we as believers, if we will do what we know to do every day, when we look to Sunday about Uh, Life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. Will we know every day as believers, we're all different levels of faith. We're different levels of our walk with God. Will we know something's wrong if we will consciously make the decision when things are before us that we know is right and wrong? We say, no, in the name of Jesus, I refuse to do that. I'm going to do what's right. If we know if we're in a conversation that it's easier on our flesh and emotions to twist a little bit and lie about something that it is just to go out flat out and tell the truth, we need to get to the place to where we say, no, I refuse to exaggerate this. I refuse to be phony about it. I'm the one that opened this door and brought this problem on me. I take responsibility for my actions. So as I'm talking to this person that maybe has a position of authority where they can either come down on me pretty heavy or they can show mercy to me, and so I think, well, man, I don't want to take a chance. I'm going to have to Oh, Jesus, forgive me. I'm going to have to just say, Lord, I want to thank you. You told me that we're supposed to speak truth one to another. And so I'm going to tell the truth about this. And when you do that, you're guarding your spirit. You're guarding your spirit. When things come our way and we have a choice to do right or wrong, every time we choose right, our anointing increases. Does this make sense to you? Okay, now I want to look at this verse here now, starting at Verse 20. And I want I to tell you how this works. My son, attend to my words. Okay, do you notice that word attend there uh, is the first part of the word attention. You're paying attention. It says, pay attention to my words. Pay attention. And so that would be like in modern times, I know that uh, I don't, uh, man, I don't see what people's got their laps, what they're doing, but sometimes uh, different ushers of people, Tell me, you know, somebody, man, they're on the cell phone the whole time playing and they're, and they're, they're playing games. I walk past, they're not looking at Bible apps, they're playing video games. I say, well, that's their business between them and God, you know, they're not going to get anything. if They're playing video games. I don't even know why they're coming to church. They said they're playing video games. Maybe, maybe something will get on them by accident. You know, who knows? <clears throat> Might get something. But when you're sitting, yeah, I sure see those things I don't, and then other people do too, but it doesn't make any difference to me, but people when they, Talk about that, they're not doing that just to rat somebody out, they're doing this and feel sorry for them. You think, man, here you are, you're coming into a church service where God can help you, and you're sitting there doing little flippy-flop bebops, things jumping on. I've never played one in my whole life, so I just know, I just know what I've seen, you know, to get all these little things jumping and flipping and flopping and stuff like that, and you're sitting in here, getting ready to go to the doctor tomorrow or this week for something really serious going on, and you're not attending to God's words. You're in a position where you could, but you're not. And so that's what he means. He says, attend to my words, and then incline thine ear. Incline thine ear. That word incline means to open. To open your ear to my sayings. Do you know that in the book of Revelation, as rather as well as the Gospels, sometimes Jesus used this phrase. He'd be talking to a multitude of people. And he said, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And the reason he said that is because a lot of those people were religious minded. And so Jesus came as God in the flesh. And when Jesus told him who God really was, how God really did things, then religious people that were taught different, they said, stone him. They'd say, blasphemy. They say, who's this man think he is? Well, because their religious minds were shutting off the true word of God, the true love of God. And so Jesus said, he that hath an ear to hear, he's talking about their spiritual ear. you got a spiritual man, spiritual woman, lives inside this earth suit. Your spiritual person has eyes that see. Your spiritual person has ears that hear. Your spiritual person has a will. And so Jesus said, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And so it would be like that on tonight's service. He said, incline your ear to my sayings. Well, some people that have been around church stuff for a long time, especially denominational people from denominational churches, they've been taught a lot of things that are not Bible. And so their minds have already been programmed. And Brother Hagin always said this way, said they've been religiously brainwashed instead of New Testament taught. Religiously brainwashed. And, you know, sometimes sometimes uh, people hear things like this in denominational churches. Oh, God moves in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. Well, Jesus told us in multiple places, and we've taught it from the Bible. He said, it's given unto you to know the mysteries of God. And the mysteries of God are written in the Bible. And when you study the Bible, they're not a mystery, because a mystery is something that hasn't been revealed. Well, when you read the Bible, the word's revealed. And then it shows us how God stands in healing and health. You know, the only time that Jesus ever prayed the prayer of not my will, but thy will be done, if it be thy will, was when Jesus was facing the cross at the prayer of consecration. That's called a prayer of consecration. He was just about, he had been with God forever and ever. And then of his own free will, he came to earth to live as a man. He'd always, always, always been spiritually connected with God. In heaven, he was with him. On earth, he came down here, and he's with God all the way on earth. And then he knew he was getting ready to go to the cross. And the physical death wasn't the bad thing, the really horrible thing that Jesus knew he was facing. He was getting ready to be separated from God in hell without God for three days and three nights. He'd always been with God. But Jesus become separated from God in hell for three days to take our judgment. Because if Jesus hadn't been separated from God and took that judgment for us, then human beings would have to do it. that didn't receive Jesus. So Jesus knew as he was there on his knees in Gethsemane, he knew he was getting ready for the first time and only time in his eternal existence to be separated from God and not just separated from God's Spirit, Remember when he prayed the Psalms 22 on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because he was getting ready to go down into hell. And so as he was getting ready, his spirit man cried out as he sweat those great drops of blood from the agony of thinking about that. He just checked in headquarters one more time. And he said, if it be thy will, have you found another way yet? Is there another way? If it be thy will, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Well, a lot of times denominational people that haven't studied the Word of God on healing have taken that one prayer that one time and then they pray that over healing things. They say, if it be thy will. Well, Chuck and I were having a little conversation before the service. The Word of God is the will of God. When we see the will of God in the Word of God then we need to be praying the will of God. The will of God is praying the Word of God. Now we just saw right here that Christians are weak and sickly many times and die before their time because they don't see healing in the body of Jesus. And then we see right here, he says that when you're healing about it, when you're hearing about it, he says, open your ear to my sayings, open your ear to my word, because if you've got a blockage up there because somebody's taught you different and you got a hold of it, Jesus said, lay down your religious thinking. Have your mind be open. To what my word says. If you if you will open your spiritual ears, your spiritual ears will speak to your mind and tell your mind, mind, shut up. You must reject that religious teaching. I'm going with the word of God. I see healing in the Bible. It belongs to me, and I'm going to get it. So head, shut up. Amen. That's what you have to do. And then he says, his word, verse 21. Let my word not depart from your eyes. Keep my word in the center of your heart. You need to get the word of God into your heart. And if you've been sick, especially before your eyes, it says why? Because when you open your ears, when you pay attention to the word, when you keep it for your eyes, <clears throat> when you keep it in your heart, it's life. It's life. It's the life of God working in your flesh. It's the life of God coming out of your heart with his words alive in your heart on healing, Add healing and healing the medicine to all your flesh. Healing the medicine to all your flesh. To those that find it. And so, you know, I like, I like to make the It's in Brother Hagin's books. I learned it off of him. And it makes sense to me. If God's word, the Hebrew says, is God's medicine, well, medicine for your physical body only does you good if you take the medicine. If you don't take it, it's not going to help you. Medicine only does good if you take it according to instructions. And you know, on the, on the pill bottles, it'll say things like, uh, take with food, take with a meal. Sometimes it'll say, take without food. Sometimes it'll say, take with water. Sometimes it'll say, take three times a day. Sometimes it'll say, take before you eat. Take at bedtime. And so there's, all, there's different reasons for different medicines to do what they're supposed to do. But if you don't take them how they say you want, they were supposed to take them, then they won't do for you what they said they'd do. And think about this. If you went to your doctor, and, you know, I know that uh, all I can say is that there's lots of doctors in modern times, there's lots of Christians, but lots of times, lots of doctors on lots of pills, lots of things like that, so we're not ignorant of what we're talking about going to the doctor. You've had a chronic illness, let's say. You went to the doctor, and you went to the doctor, the doctor gave you a prescription, and the doctor said, get this filled, and then go take it according to instructions, and within about 30 days, you're going to be a new person. You're going to see things in you changing and doing so much better because of what this medicine does. And so he calls it in. You go to the doctor. You get the pills. You bring them home. You put them in your cabinet. <clears throat> you put them on your dresser. Or you do something. And then because the doctor's appointment's over and you done part of what he said, you bought the pills. You set them down. But then you get busy with life. And you forget about that pill bottle there. The doctor told you what they do, but it lays there, and you're still feeling just plain old bad, and those symptoms are still there, and so after, after a couple months, you go back to the doctor again, and you go to the doctor, you're whining and complaining again about the same things that been bothering you, and the doctor says, I don't understand that. said, everybody gets better when they take those pills. And he looks at you, you know, gives a little chin rub and looks at you like that and says, well, did you get the prescription filled? And you say, yes, sir. And he says, well, are you taking them? No, I forgot all about it. I put them on my dresser. I haven't taken any of them. And the doctor goes, duh. <laughs> well, then take that over the spiritual side. You come to a church like this, you got a pastor up here. He's shown you the Bible that says God's medicine is healing and health to all your flesh. And he shows you the directions are, attend to my words. Keep them before your eyes. Not just coming into church every once in a while to hear a sermon. If you're going to keep them before your eyes, what I would suggest, get little books like this, carry them with you. On your breaks at work, read little faith books. And I would suggest if you need healing right now, some of the verses I'm going to show you, I'm going to say this. Take these, take these gospels. These gospels. Take these gospels three times a day. Morning, noon, and at bedtime. I'm going to show you some gospels from the Word of God. And I'm going to tell you, here's the directions. Take them three times a day. When you get the morning time, Read these verses. At lunchtime, read these verses. At bedtime, read these verses. Add their healing and medicine to those that find them. To those that find them. And so then if you're coming in my prayer line, I'm praying for you, I'm never going to be uh, condemning or judgmental or critical about it. But after two or three months of taking gospel pills, I know you're going to get healed. If you take them. And so I want to show you how to take this medicine. Like I said, I suggest if you're going through something now, take them three times a day. But go to Psalms 1. And I'll show you how I take my Gospels. Isn't this a really plain, simple message? It looks so easy to see. But I want you to remember that 1 Corinthians 11 says, For this cause... Many are weak and sickly among you. There's a different cause for the world. They don't know anything about this, but you do. And so we can take care of that cause, can't we? Amen. We take our medicine. And so Psalms 1, verse 2, this is how I take my medicine. It says, His delight is in the law of the Lord. Well, the law of the Lord is talking about the Bible. That's talking about the Word of God. Is in the law of the Lord. And in His law does He meditate Day and night. You take your pills in the daytime. You take your pills at nighttime. I like to take them at lunchtime. And so he says in this word, you meditate day and night. Now listen to this. The Hebrew word means to ponder by talking to yourself. Ponder by talking to yourself. In other words, you're not just reading this. See, for this kind of medicine, we're not talking about quantity. We're talking about quality. We're not talking... I'll read through the Bible in a year, because if you're dealing with something serious, you might not have a year. And so you'd be better off to have three or four healing verses that you take day and night every day. That's taking medicine every day, every day, every day. I'll tell you one thing. I like cowboy shows. And a few other things I like. Last year when I was on a deathbed, I laid down on my cowboy shows. I watched Brother Hagin on video. I watched Dr. Barclay on his broadcast. I watched the other preachers on the broadcast. I had healing teachings coming in my ears day and night. Why was that? I didn't need entertainment cowboy shows last year. I needed Jesus to show up my body in a big way. And so I did some things out of my comfort zone, because I was already out of my comfort zone anyway. I, I, I doubled up on my medicine last year. I listened to more. I heard more. I studied more. I read my faith books when my brain was working. Because if you was around me last year, you know my brain wasn't working a lot last year. But my spirit was receiving. So I made myself get more last year than I normally take because I needed more last year. So I want to say that again. If you're dealing with healing things right now, <clears throat> you need to double up on your medicine I'm talking about is what you need to do. So anyway, that word meditate in the Hebrew means to ponder by talking to yourself. And it says, the Hebrew word actually denotes an active recitation, a re-speaking of God's Word. A recitation. You know, I don't know what they do in schools now. It's been so many years since I've been in school. I I was in school back in the 50s and 60s. It's been a long time, since I've been there. But anyway, we used to have recitals. Do they still do recitals where kids have to get up and say, recite the poems or mathematical tables or science things? You have to get up there and recite things. Recitals? Well... This says that this meditation means a recitation. You need to have some recitals between you and God and the devil. Talk about what God's word says about your healing and health. I take my medicine by reading healing verses outside. <coughs> Out loud, I ponder them. Ponder by talking to myself. I talk to my body and I tell my body, body, this medicine is working in you, and you're getting better because we're taking the medicine. And so I want to show you some of the primary medications that I take. And let me just say something. I, last year I had to take cancer medications and heart pill medications. And I know that some of them, my Christian friends say, and they bought 15 different things. Well, is this that? this is. And I said, I don't have any idea what it is. I don't learn medication names. I learn the Word of God. All I do is take what the doctor says to take, and I take them in the name of Jesus. And so if you, and I'm saying this really nice, if you as Christians could study these goofy medicines that have 25 different letters in them, that have nothing to do with English stuff that we talk every day, if you could learn the names of 15 different medications... And tell me their side effects, and all about them. You can learn 15 verses. I want to say that one more time. I was totally shocked last year at the Mountain Christians that when they found out that I was taking stuff, could tell me what I was taking. But I couldn't tell them. They could tell me, and then they could tell me, tell me the side effects of what all they do, and then they can tell me all the generics that are the same thing, and the names of them. I never thought about it this minute, okay? So I'm not saying there's something premeditated to hurt people. It just dawned on me. All the Christian people that know as much about these medications as the pharmacy or the doctors do, and all the side effects about them, and the ones you're supposed to take with food without food, and what they'll do to you. If you can do that, you got time to learn the Bible. Amen. Say amen or old oh me. Exodus fifteen twenty six, one of my favorite pills. I take this pill, by the way, every morning. This is one of my standard medications. I take Exodus fifteen twenty six every morning with coffee. And an apple. That was from Ben Franklin. An apple day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> Exodus fifteen twenty six. And I want to show you how I take this, because he said he said to meditate and to ponder by talking to yourself. I go through this right, like this every day. I do this. Exodus fifteen twenty six says, and said, if thou wilt diligently he hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight. When well, I get that part right there, I say, Lord, I'm going to do that which is right in your sight. This is medicine. And will do that which is right in his sight. And will give ear to his commandments. And keep all his statures. So he's talking about hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. That means obeying that still small voice that speaks to your heart today. Hear and do what you know to do. And then give ear to his commandments. Some things in the Bible are good to read some things are commandments that he commands you to do. He commands you to love one another, for example. There's things he commands us to do. You give ear to those, keep all his statues. That's just obey the counsel of the word of God. And then I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I brought upon the Egyptians. And so for the sake of time, I'm not going to hit that real heavy, but Brother Hagin, a Hebrew scholar,s says this word put here for the Hebrew isn't from the causative sense, from the permissive sense. So they had different ways they could translate that. King James, it looks like God's putting that on people, but it means, I will not permit these diseases upon you which are permitted upon the world. It's not causing it, but giving permission. And so then you in your own life give permission to things in your life, or you can stop things. You know, it's just like uh, just like somebody that, uh, you know, like, like you're talking about robbing a gas station. Well, God didn't cause a person to rob it, but he permitted it because people on earth have got their own will. So a guy goes in to rob something and say, well, it was an act of God. No, it wasn't an act of God. He permitted it because he permitted anything to happen once it happened on earth unless somebody takes authority over it. we got to bind the devil. Amen? we got to use our words out of our mouth to claim things and speak things, but God doesn't cause those bad things to happen, but they happen because people give place to things. And so God doesn't cause diseases to come on you. He said, I'll permit none of these diseases upon thee. He said, now look at this. <clears throat> Here's your gospel. He said, I'm not the one that caused it, for I am the Lord that healeth. I am the Lord that healeth thee. And <clears throat> so I read that every morning. And I say, I want to thank you, Lord, that you're the Lord that healeth me. You're my healer. And what am I doing? I've taken medicine into my spirit, and my spirit is receiving medicine from God to go into my flesh, this is healing and medicine to all my flesh. That's why I don't have stage 4 blood cancer. That's why, although I had a 99% blockage in my right coronary artery, I have no damage to my heart. It's one thing that you come through a heart attack. It's another thing when the doctor tells you you were a walking dead man, And then he keeps on doing tests on you. It's been a year now. Just did the test again. No damage, no damage, no damage. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And somebody said, Well, you're lucky. No, I'm not lucky. No, I'm a covenant man. I take my medicine. I'm walking in the Word of God. He is the Lord, my healer. Not maybe, not if it be thy will. I read this, I speak it, I say it every day of my life. He's the Lord that healeth me. He's my healer. Chapter 23. And then after I take that medicine, I move to chapter 23, verse 25 and 26, and I take this medicine. And I want to say this again. The word's not just to hear, but it's to obey. How many know... Especially when you was a kid. Uh, maybe medicines taste better now. Maybe back in the 50s and stuff, they had medicine taste worse. Maybe it just goes little. I don't know. Maybe I think they do sweeten it up now or something. That's some ugly stuff back then. But I was going to say this. How many know that all medicine doesn't taste good? Some of it's bitter. But you got to take it all that they tell you to take if you want to get the benefits. And so as I read these verses, some of them, might not taste good to you, but if you want the full benefits, I said that before we get to verse 25, because this might not taste good to some people, but it's part of your medicine. You got to take it and you shall serve the Lord, your God. That's part of your medicine. And you shall serve the Lord, your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. Let me tell you what that means. Your bread means your food. That means God said you're serving Him. You can believe Him to bless your food and bless what you drink. God said, I'll bless your food. I'll bless what you drink. Let me tell you why that's so important. You may not think about this, but listen to what I'm going to say. You need to think about this and know this. You know, when we pray over our food, people say, religious people say, Oh, they're saying grace. Isn't that so wonderful? That's not some religious thing we do. We pray over our food, speak the word of God over our food. What happens if that food you ate at that restaurant was left out or yesterday's stuff, they thought they'd serve it again today and you didn't know it. And something got into that food. And so you're getting ready ready to eat or drink something that's got something in it. It may not kill you, but it's going to make you sick. Have you ever heard of people eating the same thing and all of a sudden you've got a whole bunch of people, they've got bad diarrhea and throwing up, they think, what happened to them? They do research to find out the only common thing was they all ate that potato salad. Well, this says, and i can show you the New Testament too, Then Jesus, of course, said if you drink any deadly thing, it will not harm you. We need to use our faith over our food and over our drink for God to sanctify them and cause them to do us good and not harm. Because God said, now think about this, that word bless. God said, I'll bless your food and I'll bless your water. Well, if God's got a blessing on something, how could it hurt you? We're talking about taking God's medicine so we can be well. It says, I'll bless thy bread, thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. That's God's medicine. It's healing and medicine to all your flesh. How many want God to take sickness away from you? He says right here, see what I'm talking about is for Christians to get a hold of the Word of God themselves and not all the time want somebody else to pray for them. That's okay. But I'd a whole lot rather, I'll be honest with you, instead of driving all the way down to Victorville and seeing doctors, I'd rather just take the medicine and not have to ever see them again. I'd rather just take God's medicine and not ever have to have somebody pray for me again. I'd just rather take the Word and just stay healed. It says, There shall be, there shall nothing cast their young and be buried in thy land, the number of thy days I will fulfill. The number of thy days. That's talk about long life. And God tells us he wants us to live a long time. He said a minimum of 70 or 80. But he wants us to live longer than that. God wants us to live maybe to be 120 years old. Uh, after, after, after the, after the uh, flood and the judgment on earth, then God said man's day shall be 120 years. And so he's never ever said, I changed my mind now. That's what he said. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that learned to live in divine healing and health to live up over 100 years old, live good lives. But God said, number thy days I will fulfill. I want to look at Isaiah 53. And I'm just showing you some good pills. There's a lot of good pills. You know, uh, you come to me and ask me, well, what kind of, what kind of this or what kind of that? I can't tell you the names of those things. But if you want to ask me about gospel pills, I can tell you about gospel pills. Because I take those. I learned those names. I learned those verses. And they've done me well for 40 years. They've done my family well. Isaiah 53, verse 4, verse 5. This is, this is about 600 years before Christ even came to earth. says, Surely He hath borne our griefs. And the center column says that is sicknesses. He carried our sicknesses and carried our sorrows. And that that, that says that that's pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded. Remember not discerning the Lord's body? You need to see this. Isaiah saw it 600 years before Christ. He saw it by the Spirit. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. He was bruised. For our iniquities, talking about his body, not discerning the Lord's body, need to see this. He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, those wounds, we what? Are healed. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you. They don't see that not only did he take our sins, he took our sicknesses. With his wounds, with his stripes, says we are healed. Now, I want you to look at Matthew 8, 17. I'm going to show you two more good medications. (laughs) Two more really good medications. I take these on a regular, consistent basis. Matthew 8, verse 16 and 17. So, verse 16 says, When the evening was come... They brought unto him many that possessed with demons, and he cast out his, the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, or Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Not deserting the Lord's body. You need to see Jesus took your infirmities and bare your sicknesses. <clears throat> this word is God's medicine. Healing medicine to all your flesh. And 1 Peter 2.24 four. First Peter 2.24 is used as the last pill I take specifically in the morning time. Although I do study healing passages things usually too. But 1 Peter 2.24 I take this gospel This one I take nearly every day. But the Exodus 15.26 is it every day. But this one right here And remember, meditate means to ponder by talking to yourself. And so when I read this, I say it this way. I read it out loud. Who his own self bear my sins in his own body on the tree. Not discerning the Lord's body. You've got to see what went into his body. He took my sins in his body on the cross that I being dead to sins. And because I ponder this and read it out loud when it says dead to sins, I always say this. I say, Lord, I don't have to sin because I'm dead to sinning. I'm dead to sinning. I don't have to sin, Jesus. And then he says, because you're dead to sinning, you should live unto righteousness. And so it says you should live right. And so I say, Lord, with the best of your ability, I'm going to live right today. With the best of your ability, I'm going to do what's right in your sight. Do you see the correlation of Exodus 15? says, do that which is right in his sight. And so I say that. And then it says... By whose stripes you what? Were healed. By you, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Those stripes on his back, those wounds. And so I want to say this to explain to you how the medicine works. Now, when you go to the doctor and you get that medicine and you're taking the medicine, unless it's some kind of a pain pill that just for just a temporary cover-up thing, pain pills just cover up symptoms. All they do. So unless it's just a pain pill, you're looking to knock the pain off of you so you can exist today. If it's a medication supposed to change something in you, when you take the medication, and, you know, I was talking to somebody a while ago, antibiotic yeah, antibiotic stuff. When you take the antibiotics, they're not just a one-time fix. You have to take them over a period of days, they get in your system. They begin to attack things. Knock viruses out, do things over a period of days when you take them. And so the first day, the second day, you may not feel any better, but they're starting to work. And so as this antibiotics, as medications in your bloodstream, it's starting to carry things to organs that need help, starting to carry things to parts of your body that need help. And so after a few days, you're going to notice a difference. And if you're on a medication that you're going to be taking for a while, it might take a couple weeks, but you'll start to notice a difference. Okay, God's Word When you're reading this, like if you do like I do, if you read it out loud and you take it and you make it first person where you're saying, Lord, your word's healing medicine to all my flesh. Lord, by your stripes I was healed. I want to thank you that I was healed, Jesus, because you said I was healed. Lord, I'm not trying to get healing now because you said I was. I'm not trying to get saved because I am saved. I'm not trying to get healed because you said I am healed. As you begin to do that, that's getting into your spirit. And remember Proverbs 4.23, out of your heart flow the issues of life. As that's getting into your spirit and you're taking it every day, well, that anointing starts getting into your organs. If your heart needs healed, your lungs need healed, your bones need healed, whatever it is needs healed, your blood needs healed. As you're confessing that and you're taking God's medicine, that medicine is getting into your parts of your body. And then all of a sudden, on one of those checkups, that doctor says, I don't know what happened. But Mr. Samples, you don't have any heart damage. You're a walking dead man. No heart damage. I'll tell you one more story. I know you can handle one story. I had this old woman back in Indiana named Sarah. Sarah had diabetes for about all of her life. Sarah was in her seventies. Sarah sat under my services three times a week, like a lot of you do. And uh for some reason or another, she never Prayed about her diabetes, never even had faith about getting rid of diabetes. She'd taken the insulin so many years, that was her lifestyle. She just did insulin. One Wednesday night, come into church service, and Sarah's about to go nuts. Jumping up out of her chair, hollering, get my attention, and Wednesday night's kind of the shorter services, so we don't do testimonies, we just do the service. Oh, oh, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you. And I thought, Sarah, Tell me later. I want a bunch of people here. We gotta have, we gotta have the service. She says, Oh, I gotta tell you. Said, I went to my doctor Then He got mad at me because he, he told me, he'd, he'd been telling me, get rid of insulin. You don't need it anymore. You don't have diabetes anymore. I said, Oh, no, I gotta have a doctor. He said, it's going to start hurting you if you keep taking it. Said, you don't have diabetes. And she said, I've got diabetes. I've always had it. He said, No, you don't have it. She said, it was so much healing that that healing word got in her spirit. Healed her for diabetes in spite of her dumb head. Amen. That medicine got into her spirit, got into her stuff, and that doctor said, Sarah, don't take the insulin. Don't take the insulin. Her doctor told her, don't take the insulin. You're going to start hurting yourself. Don't take it. Don't take it. As I'm telling you, if you will make the decision in your life to start taking God's medicine on a regular basis and even when you receive your healing, keep on taking the medicine. Keep on taking the medicine. Does it say on those things, even if you feel better, keep taking it anyway? That's what it says antibiotics. If you feel better, keep taking it anyway. Till you take the full course. And so I suggest take God's medicine till you're way up in age and you go to heaven, and then when you get to heaven you don't need it anymore. You're done. But Amen. That's God's answer for your healing in hell. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.